Welcome to Anything But Routine, presented by Just For Kicks. This podcast covers everything and anything dance. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. So hi, everybody. We're thrilled to be together to talk about alternate swings, moving kids in and out. And we have no prep for this call, which is always the most exciting way to do it, because that's when we get the most neat ideas. And this was inspired by Sydney from North Dakota from Bismarck, because she was wondering how how Minnesota coaches do our alternates and swings and put kids in and out. So I called a few of my fellow coaches that, that have been around the block a little and know what they're doing to share in on this. So Sydney, to maybe do this, what is your biggest worry? Right now, I would like to know the best time to decide swings and alternates. Right after tryouts, or do you give them the summer to grow? Since in North Dakota, we do choreography usually in the summer. I'm trying to see when the best time would be to decide where the swings will be. Okay, well, that's a good question. And does anybody want to answer right away to that? Um, well, obviously, in Minnesota, our rules are a lot different, and we cannot choreograph until two weeks before our season starts. So for this year, I think that's October 5th, we'll be able to start choreographing. And then October 9th is when we'll be, or October 19th is when we'll be able to have tryouts for our competitive season. And for us, we let the kids know within the first two days of tryouts what team that they are going to be placed on. Um, we don't even take a kid on the winter team who we don't feel will will dance on a team, whether that's varsity, JV, or B squad, we will not take a kid that we don't think that we will dance at some point. So let's say, you know, I have 14 spots for varsity jazz, um, and there's 16 kids that I think could dance. I will take 16 of them and then let them know which two to four kids will alternate in and out of spots. Um, And then we, a lot of times, don't decide who is actually dancing in that spot until the week of a competition. And I'll second that. Sometimes um, we, we've danced somebody in that spot and we've changed it the next week. We may have two kids, like she was saying, she had 16 students with 14 spots. Sometimes it's fluid and we're switching in and out who is in that spot to see who's the strongest. And sometimes we just like that extra two people in case somebody was to get injured. Um, so like, I don't have a set, I, I feel the hardest, and, and I agree with Jenny, I try to take no one on my team that I don't think will get on the floor eventually between varsity or JV. Of course, everybody wants varsity. So our hard thing is that first week, who's going to be on varsity and who's going to be on J, um, JV, especially this year without tryouts, you know? So we usually spend that first week doing it, but you know, making those decisions, but that sometimes changes. It's easy to move a dancer up to varsity. I feel it's harder to move them down to JV, which I've had to do, but that's tougher, I feel. So anybody else weigh in on how you do it? Well, we we do it a little different that we do not have spring tryouts. Our tryouts are not until the fall, um, the first three days of the season. And so at that time when we do tryouts, that's when we then place everybody on the team. We take everybody. We don't, um, uh, we're growing 
team still. I mean, we're getting pretty big now, but um, we've gone from 24 girls to 60 girls in the last um, five years. And so we still are at the point of taking girls and we just create more teams. And so then um, right now we're dancing about seven, seven teams between the two. You dance um, seven teams? Yeah, we do three kick and four jazz. Wow. So wow. Awesome. is the reason that you do the four jazzes because of the levels? Yes, we have big difference in levels, especially since we do take everybody. Um, it, it's from where they've never danced before till you know, very to very experienced um, studio dancers. So we then, so we place everybody, but then we do decide year by year. It's not always the same whether they're double spots or whether we start out with everybody, and then we usually make cuts right before Christmas to to alternates. Okay, and I should have introduced everybody. I'm so sorry. So Sharon Ford is talking right now, and she is from Orono, and Jenny Raish from Eastview is who just got done talking, and Kelly McGinnis is here patiently waiting to talk, <laughs> and uh, then I'm Cindy Klaus. So yeah, so Kel, uh, Kelly, what, what do you guys do in- I think to add something uh, different than what has already been said is last year for our Varsity Jazz, we did something different and we took 16, but we made, um, our first formation was for 12. And we told those other four dancers um, that we thought they were close, that we thought they'd probably benefit more from being with the varsity coaches, being with that level of intensity that the varsity level gives in comparison to JV and that our goal was to get them on the floor at some point but that really was up to them also that we would work you know and do as much as we could to get them on the floor so there were a couple of injuries with two of them um so they ended up not dancing but that was just because they got injured and then the other two we ended up being able to add over christmas break and i feel like that kind of gave them um, motivation to get in and then once they got in they were so grateful that they didn't slack after that they still mm -hmm. continued to push just like they were pushing when they were trying to get in and then i felt like when i've done alternates before with if it's if they're sharing an exact spot i know jenny said that you know they don't even know what spot it is but okay. we've done it before where they've shared an exact spot to dancers and there tends sometimes depending on the girls to be a little bit of a nastiness or like not great competition between the between the dancers and then you get the friends of the one girl who are trying to like advocate for her and they're kind of not being yeah. nice to the other one so that didn't work I always and I felt like starting with 12 and then adding for it's for me it's easier to add oh wait a couple of spots you're like what one here one here you know da 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 as opposed to like we've put 16 on and ended up cutting and that for us I'm a big like person who loves opportunity for the kids and I'm my coaching staff's always like they're not ready they're not ready but it just pulls at my heartstrings because I want everyone to have the opportunity to be on varsity and everything so they're always telling me to chill out a little bit so for me it's way easier to add in as opposed to having a conversation at Christmas saying you're you're no longer in formation so it worked really well for us last year to just say, we're, let's work together to get you in, but let's get you in the culture and the environment of our varsity roster or varsity team. And we'll, we do that once in a while too, where we'll say, you're not 
quite there, but you're close and we feel you should practice with us. So they're given the option of to do JV or be a non-dancing even varsity member to get the experience, but they have to go home and talk to their parents and the parents have to agree to it and understand that, you know, they have the choice to be on JV or they have the choice to just come up and be at the higher level, but possibly not dancing the whole season. But um, it has to be a family decision on whether they're okay with that. And I feel that's a great point, Sharon. The family has to be aware. I had the situation last year where, you know, sometimes when you've been doing this a while, you get lax. And then I had told, a, you know, one of my athletes that that option, but she hadn't communicated it to her parent that, you know, and then I had the, oh, I thought she was, you know, I wish she'd have been on JV. And I'm like, well, she actually chose it. I should have talked to you about it. Mm -hmm. I think when you do have that decision that they choose to move up knowing they might not get to perform or compete, um, they do, you do need to have that conversation with the parent or make sure the parent knows, you know, so. You, are you guys then a part of that conversation or do you let that be between the dancer and the parent? Um, I think it would be good to be a part of it because they don't always, you know, maybe they, you know, this situation this year, I thought she had told her parent, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then you, you, you go, you want to make sure the parent knows. So. Yeah. I think uh, some can, we, we have given the option of that when it's a senior, um, if it's a senior, that's close. If it's a freshman, sophomore, or junior, we mm -hmm. typically don't give that option where, you know, there we're still, you know, grooming them a little bit and, and competition experience and experience on the floor when you're a freshman, sophomore, junior to us is more important than the status of getting to that varsity level. So we really only give that option to seniors if they are on that bubble. But I do think a lot can get lost in translation um, because they go home and say, well, I'm either going to get cut or sit on the bench. So which is a very different conversation than what you had with them. So having some kind of communication with the parents, I think is important, you know, definitely like Sharon said. And I agree, Jenny, that I think it's smart. And I, I know last year I had, I had two kids that I thought they were going to be ready for varsity. And when they got there, it was just, it wasn't really skills or anything. It was just turn timing and things like that. I wish I would have moved them over to JV, but I didn't want to because I felt bad but I think they'd have had a better year. They would have gotten out there and performed and gotten more experience. So I regret that I didn't do that. You know, and, and sometimes there, no matter how planned out you are and how much you think that, you know, that kid is going to fill it and make it there, they don't always for whatever reason. And then you have to be brave enough to move them because in which I wasn't, I kind of left it up to them, but I wish I wouldn't have because I agreed that they would get more out of being on a team and performing. Plus, we needed them. You know, they were our strong. They would have been our strongest of our JV. So they're, yeah. they're sitting, not doing anything. You know, and I'll tell you what: if you tell a kid on the JV that they need to learn the varsity dance, <laughs> they would have it down pretty darn fast. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it would take them very long. You know, they don't need to be there while you're figuring everything out and going through, you know, you know what I'm saying? They'd, they'd have that down really fast with video. Yeah, we think, also do a way through this season where um, when we're getting towards postseason, towards sections and state, um, we typically do this for our kick where our JV kick season is done around January, whenever the YZ Invitational is, 18th-ish for us. And after that, we always take who are our strongest 
two, three, four, five-ish um, JV kit kids and then move them up because we're allowed to have up to six alternates um, at the section and state tournament. So we typically always um, have always moved up a few kids then um, just to give them that, um, like Kelly said, that varsity experience for them to see what that environment looks like because the pace is faster, the expectation is higher. Um, just for them to, to be a part of all of that and learn all of that. So that is something that is always good for our JV kids to have as a goal in their mind is maybe I'll get moved up as a postseason alternate. And this year we, we had it where a postseason alternate ended up going in and dancing two days before the section tournament because someone, you know, broke a foot two days before sections. And so, you know, having those kids is, is very, very valuable. But like you said, they she learned that dance two weeks before she had to compete it. But as soon as you tell a kid they have to learn that varsity dance, they know it pretty quick. Yeah, I think they'd stay up all night. You know, <laughs> yeah. they Sydney, I want to go back to your um, question about when you do the communication for different alternates, because one thing I think that's important is, uh, like, as far as the timing of when you decide who your alternates are, we tend to do the first three days of our season are what we call our roster tryouts, where we place everybody. And then that Wednesday night, the coaches, it's a long night, but we break up our coaching staff. So there's two coaches and then we each have a list of dancers and every dancer comes in and we sit down with them for about 10 minutes and talk to them about what roster they're going on, why they're going on that roster, where our thought process was um, so that they go home that night and they have things we have said to them that they can reiterate to their parents and they're just not guessing. It's just not a list on Instagram with your number on it, whatever. And I've done that for all five years that I've been at Chanhassen and I am knocking on wood right now. I've never had a parent call me or any sort of complaint um, about roster placement because we as a coaching staff feel like we fueled that athlete with knowledge and feedback that was beneficial that they could use. Um, and they felt like it was real reasons why they were there it wasn't like well we just don't you know they you know teenager girls they can come up with lots of different creative and dramatic reasons why you didn't put them on a roster that they thought they should be on so I think having that conversation that first week right away nips a lot of um, drama and miscommunication in the bud yeah I think that's great communication is everything the what would you guys say is the reason, how do I word this, that you need to have alternates or someone waiting in the wings or kids to know that there's a chance someone else could take their spot? I'm leading you into this. Well, I think I mean, with kick, it's, go ahead, go, go ahead, Jenny. Oh, okay. I think with kick, because of the nature of your formations are set and when they're set, it's really, you know, jazz is, you can play around a little bit easier, but for us with kick, it's, you need to have those alternates. And I think that's a big reason for us. And then just going back to that same reason why I feel like alternates are important. I, there, you need to feel like, even if you're not an alternate and you're on B squad or JV, that there's always that opportunity that there's, you're never just like stuck somewhere. Oh, I'm so sorry. My younger daughter likes to get FaceTime calls while I'm on Zoom meetings. Jenny knows that. <laughs> um, there it is again. So I, um, I just think that the, I, and now I've completely lost my train of thought. So I'm going to stop and quick text to my daughter. Jenny, what were you saying? 
Um, I, I was actually going to pretty much say exactly what you just said, twofold. One, I mean, you need those kids there, especially for us for kick, because, you know, we had it happen two days before the section tournament. A kid had to go in and, um, and know those spots and know all of that. And had we not had anyone and had a hole, I mean, yes, it's not technically supposed to affect your score, but it does affect the overall look of your routine when you have, when you dance a hole. So that's one thing. And then that motivation for that, J, for those JV and B spot level kids to know, to see that fluid movement of kids moving up, you know, throughout the year is motivation for them to keep working towards something if that's a goal that they have. Yeah, I think the working hard it is my number one thing is, you know, I feel like if kids know there's somebody that could potentially take their spot, you lose a lot of the laziness that, that you formerly had. And I know when I was a younger coach, I used to try out every time before they competed. You know, it was a different game that I felt like we had more time. But, you know, like I started doing that again a couple of years ago where I made more often, I watched them again. And a lot of times maybe we didn't change anything, but just even the thought that they potentially could go back out, it, it made them work harder, you know? So I think- I also think that sometimes we just don't know. I mean, right. sometimes I just can't make a decision. Yeah. Uh, they're so close and it's just like, they, I'm going to give them more time mm -hmm. to see if, if they can make that jump. And it's not fair to say, you know, you're, you're close, but versus, oh, we're going to give you a little bit more time, but here's what you've got to work on to, to stay. But we believe in you and, but there's a big but in that. Yeah. Just the communication. Make that decision. Make yeah. them fight for it. I, I love the idea to make them fight for it. I love the communication constantly so they know where they're at. I feel like kids need to know that. And um yeah. So what else? Anything else on, on this, Sydney? I was wondering, so like hypothetically, let's say it's in like your last month before state and you are in like 13 set for like 16 you have a dancer that's prepared and like ready you think you could put her back in do you risk the sequence of the routine to add her in um, it would depend on the patterning of the formations like if it was kick i don't think i would um it depends how you know like it depends where you could put her if it would work if there'd be a way to do it and you had 17 kids i'm kind of like what kelly said i'm all about opportunities i'd love to get that kid out there i used to do it more back in the day because the formations weren't so intricate and you could you know you could fudge it by maybe having mm -hmm. lines not quite lined up you know have windows and you know do some creative things but um is there another dancer that a little bit before that time, anyone else on the floor that that dancer could possibly start watching their spot? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that you're going to pull your weakest to get this one in, but that, like Cindy's saying, the formations in kick now are great. I think jazz, it's probably a little easier, but there's no way for kick that would even be unless you're Jenny Raish, then maybe you could do it. Hey. Because <laughs> she's she's a genius. But for someone like me, I'd have to figure out a plan B, probably. Yeah, it'll be hard. Sometimes we've had kids in that instance share spots, 
I've, I've said, you guys, it's a flip of a coin. You're both equal and you're going to get to do conference. And the next week you're going to get to do sections. And you know, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've even had kids like you're dancing prelims. If we make finals, you're dancing finals. I mean, that, it's, it's, yeah. what, it's what it is. And I love to give more opportunities. And if they're, if they're kind of equal, I feel that would be the way to go. So we, we had this, that this year where kind of our, we had two that were doubled and ended up, they were pretty equal. And, and um, it was the decision then to put both of them in and change all the formations for everybody else or unfortunately pull one. And, and, and as for the team, it was better to pull the one, unfortunately, versus changing yeah. the whole routine and everybody changing parts and formations. So sometimes you have to look at what's best for the team, even though that's yeah. really, really hard. It is. Yeah, I would say, it's Sydney, if, if, it's, if it's right before the state tournament and like you're dancing, you're just in a flow with things and the kids who are on the floor, like they're gelling together and they've, they're moving together and they're performing together. It's hard to break that up. But I know on our JV jazz team, this past year, my JV jazz coaches, like partway through December, they were like the two kids that we had as alternates, they rotated back in and out. And they're like, we're at the point where all 18 of them can dance. So over the Christmas break, they read it all the formations, they sent all the kids their changes. And when we got back after the Christmas break, you know, then they ended up dancing everybody. But that was earlier in the season, I would say if if you're leading up to those couple weeks before the postseason, you know, if you're a team who wants to be competitive, it well, yes, opportunity is, is important. Um, if they've had an opportunity earlier in the season, at that point, you have to look at look at it from an entire team standpoint. I totally agree. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with it at that point. No. Right. Right. And then would that be a parent conversation too, or just dance oh. or coach? I, I don't bring the parents into conversations, and I tell them this at the beginning of the season. I said, I, I, I'm. I coach the athletes and mm-hmm. unless there's something where um, the dancer I feel like is in harm or there's something that I feel like a parent should know, if it is anything related to what goes on at practice and the decisions that I'm making for the team with my coaching staff, I, I, it's, it's with the kid first and always. If they go home and they're still confused, they can come back and ask me questions again and then we take it from there. But parents... And I have a unique situation because I have a kid that was on my team. So I'm close to the community and there's, I think it'll be interesting now that my daughter's not on the team. If people don't are, are still as nice to me, um, <laughs> or if maybe there, there will be more complaints this coming up this year, but we'll see. Um, but I do, I really like, I, I like to set that trust and have that relationship with my athletes. And I think they appreciate that a lot because um, in general, we live in a society with hovering parents who like to be really involved in their kids' lives. And that gets exhausting for teenagers because they really do feel like they can handle a lot on their own, or we should give them at least an opportunity to do so. All right. That's Amen. Great <laughs> advice. I do. The only parent communication I would have is if you're adopting a new philosophy and how you're doing swings and alternates and plugging in and plugging out, that would be a conversation to have at your early on parent meeting very early and say, we're doing this new system. 
Mm -hmm. I've analyzed other teams that are successful. I've met with four Minnesota coaches and this is (laughs) what they do. And we're trying that this year. And I feel like it will be successful for us. And the way I always say it to my parents is just have, just as you need um, discipline or, or a consequence, if your child stays out after curfew or doesn't come home, I need to have some sort of discipline. So A, if they're not showing up for practice or whatever, I don't have that problem anymore. I used to. We did on JV where JV kids wouldn't think they had to come to practice. And now that we have JV swings, gee, that's gone away. You know, (laughs) it used to be where JV all got to dance. And, you know, um, my assistant coach, Terry, has totally transformed that by having swings on the JV now. So, yeah, it totally because they're showing up. They want a spot. So I think you need some kind of a consequence or credibility, you know, for them to realize that. You got to work hard. You know, that'd be like being Mm -hmm. a basketball player and only having five players and know you're never going to get benched. You know, Mm you got to have people go in and out. And I use it that way too, with injuries, with people having a life, like a wedding, or, you know, sometimes there's things that happen where kids have to be gone. So you need to have somebody to step into that spot. It's not fair to the other kids that have been training to not have anyone to go in. Or if you have somebody that's sick for a long period of time, you know, we had a girl last year that was out with um, mono and then somebody had to take her spot because she was gone for quite a while, you know? So anyway. there's no sport where the same five people, 10 people, whatever people go out and compete for the entire, you know, length of the game or competition. So, and I know it's harder for us, right? Because our, our sport is unique, but I try to liken to any other sport. There's constantly in football people are going in and out you know for different plays all the time they need to know you know our girls say well we need to maybe know two different spots well football players need to know how many different plays and all those weird funky unique names that they're called and everything you know and so I think that you know just and that that sometimes can feel like a stressor right for the kids or for the parents for the coaches well oh they'd have to know you know this spot and this spot there's two totally different counts they're in totally different sides of the floor they can do it just like Mm -hmm. cindy said they'll learn it they if it means them dancing they'll do it it yeah yeah for sure they will well thanks everybody i think this was awesome i i I, enjoy it so I appreciate you taking your time we'll have to think of another topic and do it again (laughs) have a great it was nice to meet you thank you so much yes thank you guys so much thank you you guys have a good weekend bye guys thanks for tuning in to the anything but routine podcast be sure to subscribe and if you enjoyed this podcast give us a five-star rating for more anything but routine content go to justforkicks.com slash anything but routine